0: I want to start by sharing uh, a dream I had the other morning just before I woke up and it's interesting with the dream uh, because it's very much in line with a prophetic word I was given. Over a year ago now, just not long after we started Arise Scotland, and I shared this with the folks at Arise yesterday, um, Marshall phoned me up, over a year ago I think it was now, it was a good while back and we hadn't long started our eyes and he just phoned me up for a blether and then he just launched into the word of the lord came to him so he started to prophesy some things um, and speak into my life it was really for their eyes you know it wasn't just for me personally but it was but it was but, but i took i received it on behalf of the group and it, it was really saying that The Lord wanted us to have influence in the Scottish Parliament and influence in... in, The the key word was governmental. And he mentioned the Key of David. And Marshall didn't know this, but I teach a lot in the Key of David. So it it was a very powerful word and I really was blessed by it. So when I had this dream the other morning, I woke up. And the first thing I thought of was Marshall's prophecy because it was very much in line with that. I'll just share the dream with you. In the dream... I'm traveling around Scotland with Nicola Sturgeon, okay, and she has appointed me the national spokesman for God, like a kind of national chaplain thing, but not just, oh well, you can pray at the beginning of the parliament and then you get back in the cupboard type thing. (laughs) It was a really prominent role, it was high profile, and she was doing everything she could to promote this. So I was, and she, she was having me booked all these meetings, and we're going round, and she was very officious. Was, we weren't pals. We weren't buddies. It wasn't, you know, me and my pal Nick. It was, but she was really, really fervent about doing this. But it was very much on a, you know, Mr. McMurdo level. So, uh, and then I had, at, at one stage, she showed me a schedule, and she says, I want you to do this, I've got these gospel crusades and you need to do this big rally it's so important you go to this big rally and bring the, the message i'm like and i kept calling her missus <laughs> i kept saying "I, that's all right missus and uh you know i would say is everyone okay here missus and in the dream i'm going to myself because i don't use that language i don't speak to women like that do i be honest i don't i think it's quite demeaning and rude unless you're really you know somebody really well you. Yeah taking the mickey a wee bit but i don't do it it's not and in the dream i'm going why am i saying this why am i calling her missus she's the first minister and she never said anything at one point in the dream i thought i better say to you so i said to her, i said look i said i don't mean offense i'm calling you missus she said oh no it's, it's okay it's okay right so so and the dream ended that her and i are sitting at this table and she's got all the cameras there. And there's this big national... A wee bit like what Boris is doing at 8 o'clock. There's this big announcement to the nation. And I'm sitting there. And she's going to interview me. And ask me so that I, I have the opportunity to tell the nation about the Lord. So, and that's when I woke up. And when I woke up, so I was kind of a wee bit puzzled about calling her Mrs. And I just felt the Lord say to me, That's to show you... Because I said, well, I don't speak like that in in all of this, but it's to show you, she was deferential to you, you weren't deferential to her. You know, it was like she was, uh, you were in control. Uh, So I I received as a blessing, and then not long after that, Marshall contacted me online, uh, and and I shared it with him. So that's how I I really knew it it was a very, very vivid dream. Um, so, uh, but I didn't, it's not just for me I receive it on behalf of us as God's remnant because there's a message in that and the message is that everything that we're talking about and teaching about and the decrees and so on God is saying that's where he wants to position us in that place of influence in that pl- not that we'll run the country but that we will speak into national things and we will do it through governmental systems and and leaders and it might not be nicholas it's just that she's the first minister at present and and i'm going to be honest i hope she's not first minister for long um, but she she symbolized the head of things the head of state well she's not the head of state the queen is but you understand anyway so in line with that I really felt the Lord impressing me to speak on this subject. And and I don't, it's not going to be a one-nighter. I'm going to probably make a series of this because there's so much to it. So I'm going to just look at a couple of scriptures to start with, which is Genesis 17, verse 4. Uh, If you want to look it up, but I'll just read it out. And God is speaking to Abraham and he says, Thou shalt be a father of many nations. And then in Isaiah chapter twenty-two verse twenty-one, God is speaking, or the prophet Isaiah is speaking the Lord through him about Eliakim, and Eliakim, of course, replaced Shebna as the king's chamberlain, or the present office you would say that's the most, the closest to that would be probably prime minister, okay, the right hand man of the king, and it says, he shall be a father. To the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. So, what I want to really bring across, and this is quite a deep message, folks. This is not uh, milk. This is not ABC. It's it's not building blocks. Uh, this is uh, quite deep because I want to speak about fathering nations. And fathering nations is only for mature saints. Okay, it's not for baby Christians it's not for uh immature folks but it's mankind's great need right now it's britain's great need it's scotland's great need and i believe that the lord is saying to us that he wants the remnant to walk in this sphere of ministry okay which says that we need to understand god has called us to father nations and we'll look at what that means and you say well i'm a woman how does that work well you know, it's not, gender spe- it's not a gender thing, okay? But there are mothers, you know, uh, there are mothers in Israel, and Deborah, was re- you know, she was a mother in Israel. But it's, it's fathering, okay? So there is a dimension of it where God wants men to step up and take responsibility. But it's for all of us. It's not a gender thing. It's a maturity thing. When we talk about fathers, we're talking about maturity, and we'll see that as we go on nations need fathers okay Scotland needs fathers and and we need father and leaders that's why the the nations are in a mess because our leaders Jesus said that the, the Gentiles leaders and the Gentiles that they're looking after their own interests because they're not fathers they're not shepherds they don't have a shepherd and father and heart nations are failing because they're not being led by fathers the earth is groaning because there are not enough fathers leading the nations and we know that the bible says creation groans for the manifestation of the sons of god but it's it's talking about mature sons and mature sons are fathers you know when a man raises a, a, a son he doesn't raise him to be a son forever he raises him to be a father understand so maturity is fatherhood and the bible teaches that we'll look at that men abandoned kingship as a governmental model and they sought their own Frankenstein systems your America didn't want to be ruled by a king so well let's have a republic so but they didn't want to be ruled by a king because the king's got too much power but do you know of any head of state who's got more power than the president of the usa so but men don't like king's kingdom that's why we've got all these prime ministers presidents chairman all that because men reject kingdom thank god that we live in a kingdom but there's a lot of countries out there that have thrown off the kingdom model of leadership but you know heaven is a kingdom jesus prayed i sorry told us to pray thy kingdom come he didn't say thy democracy come thy republic come because heaven is a kingdom and jesus is the king of that kingdom and his father is king now of course kings have failed us in the past and why did kings fail why did men throw off kings as leaders and sought different you know parliamentary democracies and all the constitutional this and that because kings weren't being fathers they were being tyrants tyranny is what we are fighting folks it doesn't matter if it comes in the form of boris doesn't matter if it comes in the form of uh, a whole bunch of different systems You know, Nazism, Fascism, Communism, Socialism, they're all just names. Doesn't matter how it comes, tyranny is the enemy of mankind because tyranny is the kingdom of darkness. We have a benevolent king, but we have a king that rules with an iron fist or an iron rod, really, if we've been biblical. Now, the Stuarts in 17th century England and Scotland spectacularly failed in this very regard. They didn't want to be fathers to the nation. They brought war and bloodshed to the British Isles because they wanted to hammer home the divine right of kings that if we tell you to do something because we're kings you do it and you do it you know and you don't argue you don't debate so that was dictatorship. They weren't fathers so people said we're not having that. So the Stuart's obsession with being rulers and not fathers actually helped to found America uh, as a, a nation, because people with a vision for a nation led by Father God fled to the new world to follow that destiny, the, the pilgrims, the Puritans. They said, well, we're not having this. We want, we want a, a proper uh, nation where God is in control. But you've got to say this, kings are not fathers by default. And that's why we have all the strife and the war and the bloodshed in the earth, because, you know, the power goes to their head. And of course, they're taught from a young age how to wield power, and that means putting other people down. Unless we get kings like the good kings of the Bible, Hezekiah and Josiah and, and David, unless we get good kings, godly kings, then we're going to struggle with the kings because they've got this power thing going on. Now our geopolitical system right now is the result of centuries of misrule by men who would not be fathers to their nations. They need us for fathers. And the, the nations are in tumult because our national leaders want to throw off God's rule. They reject the kingdom of God for their own systems and so these men wouldn't be fathers to their nations but they sought to exploit pillage and subjugate the peoples of the world that's where we are it doesn't matter if that person is sitting on top of a media empire or an internet empire or whatever kings today maybe are different from kings in the past and and you could also argue that kings i.e the visible heads of countries they're not the same as those that are in authority. in because the kings and rulers are the puppets of those that are truly in authority. We know we know the system, we know how it works. That's how the cabal works. The real rulers are invisible mm-hmm. as much as possible. Now, Jesus said that the kings of the nations exercise lordship over them and they love to be called benefactors. In other words, that mantra that we hear today, mm-hmm. and we'll hear no doubt again in an hour's time, mm-hmm. it's for your own good. We're doing this for your good. And it's often spoon fed to us by governments, particularly since the scandemic began. And in most nations were no longer ruled over by kings, at least as far as titles go, as I said, but our governments have rulers who act as kings. And this is the thing that we all know we're not ruled or led over. Sorry, ruled over or led by fathers. We we don't there's a dearth of fathers. In the, earth, in the church? How many apostolic fathers do we really know? Shepherding men, men with a pastor's heart. How many do we really know? And, and Cam's just uh, recently pointed out, very bluntly, on Facebook, that many of these leaders uh, need to repent for telling lies to people and coaxing them to take a poison out their system. And it's time we started calling it what it is. This is the cry need of the age, folks, for people to be fathers to their nation. And it's not going to happen with these guys. It's not going to happen in Holyrood. It's not going to happen in your local constituency office. It's not going to happen with the Egypts that you, we vote into, the different offices. It has to happen here in the yes, remnant. Yes. And I won't even say in the church, in the remnant church, in the remnant Army of God. I don't just mean in our meeting, but remnants where there are true remnants. thank God for Pastor Terry over in Oregon. Mm. You know, I I listen to this guy preaching. I'm thinking, he has been listening to my messages. (laughs) Or he's he's been getting into my head because he's using the same phrases. But you know what that is? It's the Holy Spirit. But the remnant are saying the same thing across the nations using the same phrases and it's not just phrases oh yeah we've got these phrases it's spirit and life when God finds a man or a woman who has a father's heart for the land he will remove a mercenary leader we can see that in Isaiah 22 we'll look at that at some stage and replace them with the person who has the father in heart if we pray that way you know that's why we pray and decree let the wicked be removed from power and be replaced by the godly you see that's not going to happen overnight it doesn't matter it can because god can do miracles and if you say oh well i don't see any godly lord so uh you know why am i praying this well we don't see the seven thousand that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. but whether it takes three years 30 years we must decree these things because we need to turn this round When God finds a man like that, he will, or a woman like that, with that heart, he will, as I said, replace the wicked ones with that person. God is looking for people who will be fathers to their nation. Tonight I'm recruiting, or the Lord is recruiting, fathers, mothers, people who say, and you know what what I'm really saying is? People who take responsibility. People who put their hand up and say, I'll do it. It's on me now. That's what God's looking for, folks. One thing you have to understand is that being a father to your nation, and we're not going to pull any punches here or uh, give you promises of uh, moonbeams and, and unicorns, if you if you accept the call to be a father to your... And I'm not talking, oh yes, I'm going to pray, or I'm an intercessor, or I'm... We're not even talking about... We're, we're talking about way beyond that. We're talking about God taking your nation and putting it in your heart and you feeling the same grief he feels so being a leader to your nation being a father to your nation is going to crush you it is a life of unimaginable pain and suffering you'll find yourself weeping at times and you just don't even know why You you know why but it's just come from it seems nowhere but that is the lord in you because you said, I'll, I'll be that person. God will break anybody who walks in this calling a million times, folks. So don't just, oh yes, sounds great, I'm excited, yes, amen. Can I be a general in the army? Well, you can, but you need to understand, it's going to break you. Because if it doesn't, if the weight of it doesn't break you, you're not really feeling the heart of God. He has to put your nation, or the nation, in your heart. And that alone is agony because you will grieve at how the people of your nation snub his fatherhood. It's not just about us being fathers to the nation, it's about God being a father to Britain, to Scotland, to the British Islands, to the nations. Fathering a nation is weeping and pain and sorrow. Are you ready for this? So that's, I'm just being honest, that's how it is. Okay? See, to be a father to your nation is to endure the contradiction. The Bible speaks about Jesus endured the contradiction. What was that? Well, think about it. He's perfect, he's sinless, he knows things, he's revelation, he's walking in the fullness of the Holy Ghost, nothing is hidden from him, and he's got to hang out with all these numpties. Am I right? And he's got all these real numpties coming up to him. Who do you think? Yeah, I you know, and nobody to fellowship with other than God the Father. So he endured that contradiction. You know, uh, you, you might find in your life there's a few folk that you can fellowship with on the same level, but Jesus didn't really have that. You're given... The blueprint of your nation's prophetic destiny yet you also are keenly conscious of how far the present moment really falls short of this that's why a lot of people are attracted to uh, things of really darkness you know people would rather focus oh, look what they're doing now we're all going to die you know that guy that was in dad's army we're doomed yeah we're doomed Because we have to take the victory by faith. But the more we look around, the more we see, oh, look what they're doing now, look what they're saying now, look at what they're threatening now. So being a a father to your nation, fathering your nation means that you have to be somebody who really sticks close to the Lord and shuts out, All those TikTok videos, YouTube, you name it. Now, a lot of that stuff is good information to know. But it's not information that should overwhelm you and overload you and crush you. You need to know it so you can decree against it. What you feed yourself is what you walk in. So this is hard stuff to endure. Let's not pretend. Fathers are not made, they're not produced on cushion pillows or beds of ease. You know when there's a noise downstairs in the middle of the night it's not the kids you send downstairs it's the father, or my case <laughs> <laughs> agnes but you know, it's true isn't it when there's tough stuff to be done it's a father isn't it that goes <laughs> but, yeah. Fathers are made in the forge of the Holy Spirit. To be a father to your nation is to know what it means to go through fire over and over till all personal ambition and selfish motive are removed. Mercenaries cannot be fathers. The vainglorious are similarly disqualified. Being a father means losing losing ego. You know, the four stages of manhood. Manhood. You start off believing in Santa, then you stop believing in Santa, then you are Santa, and number four, you look like Santa. So being a being a father, being a father is, is, isn't, you know, as, as Hannah said to me the other day, she saw a picture of me a few years back, she went, oh dad, you were quite the man. And I'm thinking, is that a compliment or is that an insult? Because <laughs> it's just, oh, you were, you were quite the man. But it's almost the same, but look at you now. <laughs> See, fathers don't, fathers don't get... It's not, an ego, it's not an ego thing. We need national leaders who have a father's heart. We know that. That's what we pray. See, when, when the Bible says pray for those who have the rule over you, the authority, that's what it means. We need to pray that they will have a father's heart. And if they don't, that we need to pray that they'll be removed and that somebody who does will replace them. Kings should be fathers to their nation. That's, you know, I want to say this to you before we get any further. This book is written to kings yes. and national leaders. Okay, we start off reading about Abraham, who was the father of many nations, and then we read about Moses, who was effective president, if you like, of Israel. Then we go into a time of judges, who were all national leaders. Then we get into... Uh, Israel wanted a king, and then Samuel, the two books, Kings, the two books, Chronicles, the two books, are all about kings. And then we get into Psalms, many of which were written by kings, Proverbs, which are written by a king, then the prophets who all spoke to kings, then we go over into the New Testament, and we see the king of kings, and then at the end he says, and you're king priests. So this is a book for kings. And if you read it as, you know, like a, that ladybird book view of the Bible, you know, a childish view, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. If you, if you read it like that, we need to grow out of that and start saying this is a manual, not just for living, but for reigning in life by Christ Jesus. And I don't just mean reigning in your own life. I mean reigning in every sense of the word because we reign and rule over the nations, not because we storm uh, the offices of power and we start a militia and all that, but we do it by our decrees. I was saying yesterday in a rise, what about in Isaiah where it says, kings will come to the brightness of your rising. Is that the lord just being nice no it's real he's saying i've designed you that kings and national leaders will come and say what you have we need and you know what it is that they'll be attracted to and you know what the nations will be attracted to people of a fathering heart people who say i'm taking responsibility and when you say that in the spirit and that's what you do when you make decrees When you say that, the devil sits up and takes notice, the demons sit up and take notice, the principalities in the second heaven, they sit up and take notice because finally God has people in the earth who will be manifest sons. And you know, the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And then it says creation awaits them. And peacemakers are people who bring peace to nations. Our objective against this horrible cabal that we're facing right now is not chaos, it's not destruction, it's not uh, anarchy. It's peace. Put down the wicked and let the godly reign in their stead. Kings should be fathers their nation. When those who rule a nation focus on power and not responsibility, you end up with tyranny. You end up with control freakery leadership, which is no leadership. The minute you become a control freak, that's not leadership. That's tyranny. And we have to be honest, that's what we see along the road in Edinburgh. And that's what we see in Heraclitus. And it's not being political. Because to be to be fair, none of them are any different. When those who rule a nation focus on power and responsibility end up returning. And tyrants do not make good fathers. Am I right? You know, when you shout at your kids, as sometimes I do, you've been a tyrant. If if you're not right, you understand if you're just angry and sounding off, uh then that, that's not fatherhood, that's tyranny. People need fathers. Everybody needs fathers. Everybody. Nations need fathers. This is how God has created us. That's why the, the one person in Scripture that the Bible says, if, if you're not in Abraham, you're not even in Christ. Those who are in Christ are the seed of Abraham. And what did God say about Abraham, I've made you a father. Of many nations so if we're going to be like Abraham then we need to be fathers we need to be mothers. we need to understand that we need to step into that mature place where we say listen I'm taking responsibility for all this that's going on I'm not going to hide in church I'm not going to um, hide in my bedroom Um, I'm not going to pretend that nothing's happening and we'll just go back to church as normal I'm not going to pretend that things are ever really going to be the way they were, because quite frankly, the way they were sucked anyway. Am I right? Yes. And we always wanted, oh, we want the move of God, and, but now we're not. It's not an option. We either have the move of God, or we're going to be crushed. Remember this important thing. We think. It's, you know, and, and it's true. I, I'm not saying it's not true, but we have this, oh, you need to know Jesus. But Jesus came to reveal the Father. He said, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. So Jesus isn't interested, really. In revealing himself, he's interested in revealing the Father. That's his mission. I want to show you the Father, is what he's saying. He said that in different forms several times. He did not come to do his own will, but the will of the Father. The mission of Jesus was to reveal the Father. When he taught us to pray, how to pray, he began with the words, Our Father. Not my Father. So much of Christianity is me centric, isn't it? It's me centers, or oh, my relationship with Jesus. Oh, it's Jesus and me through all life's sorrows. We've got this personal, individual walk with the Lord thing going you know, on, which is we have to have that. But we then neglect this fact that we're in a body and that we're in we're in things together. And it's our Father. And you know when it says as He is, so are we in this world. So we have to have that family consciousness going on. And in a family, everything begins with the Father, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And, in, and in creation, everything begins with the Father. Legitim- le- legitimacy comes from authority. And when you think about it, all authority comes from the Father, from Father God. There is no authority an existence that isn't delegated by him. There is usurped authority, uh, and sometimes that authority latches on to existing legitimate authority, and other times it's just assumed. But all authority, true, authentic authority, genuine authority comes from the Father. The centurion recognized that Jesus' authority came from somebody who had sent him, someone had sent him. And he realized that Jesus was under someone's authority. Of course, that someone was the father. We are all under the father's authority as sons and daughters of God. And if Jesus is under his authority, you and I certainly are. So it's vital to understand that the primary way Yahweh God has chosen to reveal who he is to us is as our father. Now we know him as Lord, we know him as God, we know him as King, we know him as Lord of hosts, all the different titles. But the, the, the one he really wants to, us to know, that's what he sent Jesus for reveal me as their father jesus himself tells us to look beyond himself to see the father in him and through him and i've said this earlier but i want to say again we talk a lot about mature sons but it's not a complete revelation unless we realize that maturing as sons means we mature to be fathers you know we, we can't just have our children Staying perpetual children. We have to teach them to be parents. A lot of people want to relate. This this is something I want to touch on. I believe the Lord wants to say A lot of people want to relate to Jesus because they're afraid of fellowship with the Father. You know, that's people that, oh, Jesus is my best pal. Jesus is my homeboy. Jesus is my cosmic guru. You know, Jesus is my, you know, my best pal. And this speaks of a type of a father wound in us. It's like and, and it's a kind of Catholic thing, isn't it, really? Or oh, Jesus, well, and, and you've got Jesus who's quite stern, but Mary, or oh, she's she she'll, you know, she'll love you regardless. But not the father. He's he's well you can't go to the father. Because, you know, he'll zap you. So there's a, a scare, scaredness of God. I'm not talking about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is a good thing. But I'm talking about this. It's a father wound that you don't want to relate to God as father. Because maybe you're, you, you've got, you know, and, and I don't mean this, folks. I don't mean this in a derogatory way. I say it in a way so that you understand what I mean. Daddy issues. Does that make sense? But it's not a nice way of putting it. I'm talking about father wounds. You didn't have a father maybe who loved you or or said he loved you or all that type of thing. The vast majority of people have a father wound or father wounds. And sometimes people take that into the relationship with the Lord. That they're happy to speak to Jesus and fellowship with Jesus and it's all about Jesus. But don't speak about God the Father. People with this type of father wound like to hang out with Jesus as a brother and friend but are scared to be intimate with Father God. But Jesus is calling us to intimacy with his Father. Mm. And if you're going to be a father, a mother to the nation, you have to have that relationship with God the Father. You have to know him as Father. That's why the Spirit uh, in your heart cries out, Abba, Father. Mm. To father a nation, and this is key, this is vital, you must have your father wound healed. I'll say that again. To father a nation, you must have your father wound healed. You cannot be immature and father a nation. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, and this is, you say, well, what do I do? Ultimately, maturity is healing. Mm -hmm. Choosing to be healed is maturity. Mm -hmm. I don't care how bad your father was to you. Mm -hmm. That father wound can be healed. You see a father endures all things including suffering and pain to be the person he is supposed to be. A father endures for those he fathers and is responsible for. As a father to your nation you are responsible for your nation and its people. Maturity is knowing the father. I want to say this about this we may be touching this at another time. Um, but when it's saying I'm talking about healing, choosing to be healed is maturity. The Bible says honour your father and mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't say love them. Mm-hmm. Honour is a command. Yeah. Love isn't. Oh, but you've got to love your mum and dad. Well, if you have a mum and dad that, that that's how you that's great. But some folks, let's be honest, mm-hmm. their mum and dad, or their father, or one of them, how could you love them? And it doesn't say respect them. See, honor and respect are two different things. Respect is earned. Well, I respect my dad because I, I knew what he had to endure in life. I knew what he had to suffer. I knew, I knew how hard they worked. To, to, you, you can respect people. But if they've never earned your respect, how can you respect them? But honor is in your gift. Honor is, is where you say, Lord... I don't love them. I don't respect them. I'd love to love them and respect them. But I honour them because I'm commanded to honour them because honour affects me. When I honour how you brought me into this earth, even through not just imperfect people, but horrible people, when I honour that, that means, you see, what you honour, you can influence. Where you don't show honour, you can't influence. You know, I'll just put it another way to you. If Nicola Sturgeon came through the door, or Boris, or, and you started throwing stuff at them, and jeering them, or cursing them, or attacking them, that's not honour. You, you can rebuke them, you can, you can say what you want, but when we step over the line into dishonour, because what we would do is honour the office, We don't necessarily honor the person, but we honor the office. And honor is key to being a father. That's why the Bible says, honor all people, honor all men. Love the brothers, fear God, honor the king. Because honor gives you access. It gives you access to God. It gives you access to men. But it also means that if you're walking in honor, then you are sowing seeds that people will honor you. You'll reap honour when you sow honour. So let's be very careful because we're not the rebellion, we're the resistance. And we're the resistance um, because we we show honour. And I'm not saying honour where it's due, I'm saying we show honour even where it's not due. That's the whole point of honour. Well, I'm going to wrap it up there, folks. Um, didn't get too far into this uh, my notes here but I'm going to keep this series going I'm not saying we'll do it uh, every time I speak depending out of it but um, this is really in my heart to teach and just to wrap it up to say this why are we looking at Father of Nations because there's going to be a void if you really believe and I do, I, I believe this folks if we keep decreeing and we keep going after these people, we'll pull them down there's going to be a void Especially if they end up going into hiding. Who's going to lead? Now I'm not saying, as I said, we're going to get into Holyrood and we're going to sit and I'm going to be, uh, you know, sitting in the first minister's chair. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Amen. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about, there is a void right now, anyway. Mm-hmm. And that void is, who will. it's not just who will stand in the gap as an intercessor, but who will say i'm a father i'm a mother of this nation I, t- I take it i take it on i remember i remember clearly clear as anything i remember where i was exactly where i was and i remember when the lord said to me you're the father of this nation clear as anything in my spirit man and I, i'm not saying oh, well i'm the father of the nation guys you're not like abraham lincoln or someone that's not what, what we're talking about because God is looking for for plural it's people who God who will accept not just the burden of the nation but who will accept the role of saying if no one else stepping up to take responsibility I'm doing it and that's really I suppose what that dream was that's a big part of what Marshall prophesied but it's not just for Bill McMurdo it's for us it's for those who will stand up and say, Lord, you need me to stand in that place where, because they don't know. Nicholas Sturgeon doesn't know. Boris doesn't know. Uh, Swinney doesn't know. He certainly doesn't know. Um, doesn't know what day of the week it is. Anyway, <laughs> these people don't know that God needs somebody in the earth yes. who will father nations. They're supposed to do it. It's their job to do it. But they don't even know they have to. And quite frankly, they don't want to. So somebody has to do it. And that somebody is you and I, folks. So what we am going to do, um, I'm going to ask can to come and lead us in prayer in this. So that we all respond to this. Does that make sense? We're all going to respond to this. You don't need to respond if you say, I'm not ready to do that. But if you are ready, then let's just get a time of prayer and, and very quickly respond to what the Lord has been saying to us tonight. Amen.